Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of Organic Search for MediaWiz. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's life up, up in the great white north? Thank you. You took it You took it by the horns. I am good. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the weather's been cold. It's been snowing up island, not here, thankfully. Um, so, Do you get snow on your island, Victoria? Very rarely. Very, yeah. very rarely. And if it does, this goes away pretty quickly. We're pretty balmy for Canada, so nice. um, still, you know, still pretty nipply, but it's okay. <laughs> did you did you actually say nipply? You did. I did. did. I yeah. did. It's, right. it's a wonderful thing sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, it, it sure is. <laughs> so uh, today we actually have some questions again. So thanks everyone. Keep it up. This is good. A lot of them are second time questioners. They're uh, they're getting a good deal out of this. So come on, someone else throw something in there and, and read the benefits. Um, do you want to take away in the first one there, John? I can do that. Um, this this question's from Blake Cabot. Um, this was this a Facebook question, Ross? Uh, yes. Yeah, from Facebook. So thanks, Blake. Um, uh, it's a pretty basic question. Um, what sources do you use for keyword analysis? Um, he goes on to say he uses Google Keywords, Google Analytics if he has a website, um, SEM Rush for competition. Is there anything else we would suggest? Um, I think we did a did a show on did a lot of a show did talk a lot about keyword analysis recently. If if I don't recall, um, but there's a lot of tools that I use. I've been really leaning towards WordStream recently and using it quite a bit. Um, what are you using, Ross? Um, I just finished doing a bunch using. Uh, pardon me, Market Samurai. Oh, and that's right. You were telling me about that. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it was there's some annoying glitches. But uh, nothing that, you know, most programs have them. And I'm very, 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 very picky. And I was doing it, I must have done like six hours of work through it. So I certainly got intimate with how it works and everything. And, and uh, I like it so far. I like it. It just incorporates, it shows the capture from Google. Um, if you use your Google pay-per-click account, you'll get um, up to 800 results of keywords. This is all you know, within the system, and then you can do all the sorting you need based on a lot of options. I mean, they got a really, really good filtering protocol. So, uh, 
so far so good. I mean, I think I would really like to try something like WordStream. I'm just trying to do things on, on the cheap because I've got you know I've got a lot of small business clients who can't afford to spend the extra few dollars. Understood. Something that I've been talking about with my team recently a lot tied to wor- keyword research is you know a couple things. One is what are we going to do with the research, and, and how does that impact how we do the research? And then because there's so many ways you can use keyword research. Uh, you know, we're trying to find out, you know, we're looking at, okay, what is our primary usage for this research for this particular client? And then how does that impact how we do the research? And we're, we're seeing that it really does change. The keyword research does change client by client, really, it, it really based on their goals. So we look at what the goals of the site is and what the goals of our client is for their site. And we're not, we're not talking goals like higher rankings and more traffic. We're talking like conversions and brand exposure and, you know, um, you know, real measurable type of metrics like that. And we look at those goals and we apply that to the keyword research in their market before we even attack, even look at what their site's doing. So it's, it's been really interesting for us to take this kind of approach and kind of reanalyze how we're doing our analysis. Ooh, that was hard. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Say that again. No, <laughs> no. not going to. You get it once, that's it, I'm done. Excellent. <laughs> well, one I just finished and it was uh, – Oh man, you know keyword research. It can be, you know, shoot your head, kind of boring and tedious. But it's also interesting. You sh- as an SEO, you learn a lot about the client's brand and and really what's going to work and what isn't. More so than the client, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. Um, oh, yeah. They're way too close to it. Way too close to. It. Well, in this case, it was a um, a pet supply and uh, essentially a pet uh, vitamins and stuff. So I did a lot of research and I found. I found out essentially the client uh, products uh, were were are just not targeted right, and so we're going to have to change some labels. We're going to have to do quite a bit of work. But mm-hmm. you know, he wouldn't know that if I didn't do this research. And I went intense. I went all out on it, and it's 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 fun. It's really satisfying. That's one thing I like about your research. You really feel like you have the knowledge to make proper um, decisions. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't I don't disagree at all. It's it's. It, but but what was getting me is we were doing a lot of keyword research and we'd end up with a lot of stuff that we really didn't end up using because we really didn't think about it from the perspective, okay, was, what is our goal? How are we going to use this keyword research during the research process? We had a set process that we used time and time again, and it really makes a difference. And I think we're providing even better quality results now because we we took that extra step of taking a look at our research not just from the keywords, but from what are our goals and, and what are our objectives and how are we going to use these words, you know, moving forward. Yeah. And then w- once we do that as a whole, th- then we get our list of keywords that are our really priority keywords. Then we take those keywords and we can apply them to the current website and say, well, you know, do we have targeting? Do we have content? How does it look in our analytics? Are they converting? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, in this case, the the, the client, and this is this is probably very familiar to a lot of people listening, um, uh, is fairly new to the space and is dealing with a lot of competitors. It's very competitive. Um, so my goal was to find a lot of niche long tails that we could market, and really, you know, there's going to be a lot of volume. We're going to have to do a lot of different long terms. But if we do that, we get the ability to you know slowly but surely build his. Uh, is traffic to stuff that's likely going to convert. It's pretty pretty transactional by the looks of it. Yes. Um, so uh, you know that was that was really good. And and one other thing is too, when I found really generic keywords, um, things that just seemed like well, you know, I couldn't really attribute this to a particular product. I put it in another list called um, article ideas. 
so there that uh, yeah, so that he ultimately had a huge he has a huge list now of all the different um, queries that are done online and everything related to his industry. So if he ever needs an idea for an article, he's got over two hundred and eighty. I think it came to. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's another nice benefit of it. So. Very good. And, and something to keep in mind, too, because you mentioned earlier, um, you know, they don't quite understand it. And a lot of times we'll get clients that they want to rank for brands to, of products they sell and stuff. And with all the changes the past few months on how Google's handling brand searches, that's becoming much, much, much harder to do. So you got to figure that into your keyword research. It's like, you know, are we going to really you know, attempt to rank for these brands when the brands got six of the first, you know, the, of the first 10 listings? already just because it's the brand you know it doesn't make sense to target that yeah and well and the other thing is too there are certain brand niche questions like find this product uh vitamin supplement uh, right. and it's 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 obscure way they've searched but there's quite a few people doing it so i thought well when you write an article about that even though you don't sell the product and you know you can always if they've got an affiliate thing make some money off that but the the side benefit is this product would also be, be uh, best used with this particular multivitamin or something like that. And, you know, get some, it's all this kind of stuff that you can do and, and, and transition, you know, to try and turn these people into uh, converts into your own product. And I think it's a great idea. So I'm hoping that will work for them anyway. It makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> right. So uh, do, do, do we actually answer the, the sources? His question was sources for analysis. He used Google keywords, which is always a good one. Um, you don't use the global column, use the local column um, when you're using Google's keywords tool. Um, and always put it on an exact match. You're going to get your, your best, the most realistic view of, you know, the kind of uh, volume mm-hmm. of stuff for those keywords, if that's what you're looking for. So the thing with global, though, um, and non-global is if, if you do just the U.S., and that's what I usually do, but if I've got a Canadian that's also doing U.S., that's... And then maybe also doing the UK, it gets a little confusing. Sometimes well, I have to go global. That's what I would do if I was if I had that where you had some very specific markets because the local actually changes based on the geo target you select in that tool. So you could select yeah. the US, then select Canada, and select the UK, and just add them together. Because if you put global, you're getting worldwide volume. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. it, it yeah. depends on how specific you want to be. Exactly. Okay. Well, I hope we answered the question. Essentially, the system I'm using, I believe, just uses Google keywords, and I'm quite happy with the results from what I've seen of other tools. It's been pretty good. Um, And he mentioned SEMrush. That's a good tool. I've used that on occasion as well. Oh, I absolutely use SEMrush for um, competition analysis for keywords. Uh, I just finished doing that for another site as well and then doing the keyword research. So. Um, I take those, I drop them in, and then I look for anything that might be out of the ordinary, and then I put them through my other system to find additional keywords. And, yeah, it's it works well. It comes together, and you end up having a pretty detailed report at the end. You, know, you mentioned your client that you create this, you create a bucket or a list of terms for him as you know post ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting tool that WordStream has is they have a Firefox plugin that attaches to your you you log into it and it'll attach to your account on WordStream and it'll actually allow you as you're creating content for particular terms to flag which terms is targeted to which content in the WordStream system and it's it's actually a really handy tool if you got if you got a list of 280 some blog posts you want to write to to keep track of and and you know measure or not measure but monitor those terms hmm. Yeah, I have to check that out. I have to see it to really understand it. It's, it's interesting. Um, 
Well, I guess we might as well get to question two here. Um, but before we do that, I think we should take a quick break, and then we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, question two from Preston Wallace. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with John Carcutt, Director of Organic Search for MediaWiz, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Web Marketing, Inc. I can't speak today. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, SEO 101 is going on the road with a live SEO 101 search roundtable at AFCON 2010 Miami. The show will take place on Friday, December 10th from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., and uh, John and I will be speaking with, with a room full of affiliate marketers, answering questions and offering advice for those looking to optimize their affiliate marketing campaigns. So I hope you tune in. Um, it's, uh, again, it's uh, on December 10th from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, and it will be live from the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort and Club. More information is available at affcon2010.com. You know what's interesting about that, Ross, is later on in the day after our show, the end of the day, actually, it's the last last session of the conference, the entire session is going to be everybody there, they're going to give beer to everybody. So it's going to be a big drinking session. I think we should do the same, but we should do like Jack Daniels or something. Yeah, get something for our class here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get everybody drunk for our show because it'll be much more entertaining. Sailor Jerry. Or we could be drunk. 
No, that one's yes, good. that's it. That's perfect. <laughs> okay, oh, that <laughs> would not go well. It'd be interesting. And we'd certainly be blunt, I imagine. <laughs> You'd probably get stuff out of us you wouldn't normally get out of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyways, um, I'll leave that one to the, the deck. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so question two from Preston Wallace. Um, is it possible to, I love this, break into local listings on Google for a larger city close to where a business is located. Uh, for example, our business is in a small city, but customers come from the more urban area close by, which is 17 miles away. I've done a little competitor analysis, thanks to your last show. Thank you. And we're doing better on them on multiple metrics, better than them on multiple metrics. This is his competition, according to Majestic SEO. Huh. Local listings. Well... I wouldn't say those metrics per se are, are going to be a big thing. Majestic doesn't really tell you what kind of Google Places links you're getting. It gives, gives you links from all over. Um, what you know, you always got the centroid to worry about, right? So, mm-hmm. if, um, if if the centroid, which is the center of the city for the area or the urban area close by that you're trying to target, is uh, you know that much farther off, it's going to be very difficult to compete against someone who's right close to it. Now. I'm speaking with a bit of dated knowledge here. I'm not 100% sure the Centroid is as important as it was before, but I still think it plays a game. It plays part of the role. Yeah, it definitely plays a role. Um, it's not like the only thing by, by far. There's plenty of oh. other factors. Um, I think the, the interesting thing is that if your business has an address, which has a city, which I'm sure it does, and your city is different than the urban area you're trying to get, it's going to be much harder to, to as you say, break into those listings. Um, and when you're looking at, and like Ross said, the majestic data is not looking at the same data, the data you need to look at for local. Um, what you need to look at for local is citations and what citations are, are mentions of your, of, of what's called your NAP, your name, address, and phone number, um, on other sites like yellowpages.com, city search, Yelp, those kind of things are always called citations. They don't even have to be links. Just if your NAP is there and it's consistent, it gives you a little bit more weight in local search, but your nap is going to contain the city you're in, not the city that you're next to. So it's going to make it much harder. Um, uh, I'm not really sure how to, to, what to do. I guess the best thing is to open another branch in the city 17 miles away, but if that's not possible, um, I don't know really what to tell you uh, other than to hope that the, the people expand their search and they have a big enough search. 17 miles isn't that far when you're looking at, at Google Maps. Um, people will expand out and you'll get picked up quite frequently if people are just searching for a a term. So like if you go to Google Maps and search for pizza, you'll be picked up 17 miles away. But if someone looks for pizza in your city or that city, say it's Boca Raton, then you might not be picked up for it. So it really depends on how the search query is. Yeah, I I agree. And the other thing too is um, you can always – Try. I mean, there's, there's no harm in trying. It's certainly going to help your main listing um, by, you know, contacting or making relationships with hyperlocal bloggers. Anyone in the particular urban area you're trying to get a ranking with, um, that may help. Uh, you know, you're talking kind of, uh, you know, I guess it's fair to say, sort of cutting edge stuff here because yeah. in general, you're not supposed to get as good a ranking in that area because it's not your city. But then again, um, like you said, it's only 17 miles away. And I know that's big, though, if you're talking big cities, right? That's right. That can be quite a ways, that's right? all the way across town. 
Yeah. So, uh, I would, I would try and build links that way. And, and like John said, getting another location, but the one thing about that is it doesn't mean getting a full fledged location. It could be an information, like practically a booth. It could just be a, a hole in the wall where you have an address and someone there doesn't answer questions and refer them to your main office or at least take reservations or do whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I always think that's a possibility. And if, if you're getting a, if you think there's a lot of business there, you're not getting. There's no reason you shouldn't do that. Um, if if you think you can uh, cover the costs. Yeah, so. but but if he's like a restaurant or something like that, because because I don't think he really yeah. mentioned what type of business he was in. So it really depends no. on the market. I mean, you're not going to be able to just set up a small little place for a restaurant. And you definitely don't want to get into the trap of going to one of those P.O. box places and setting up a P.O. box that you have. No. It does not work anymore. It might have worked when local first started years ago. It doesn't work anymore at all. No. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I wish we could give you a little bit better news there. But I, I uh, if, if I were looking into this further, I would ask someone like uh, uh, Matt McGee. Uh, he's pretty connected on that kind of thing, and that's hyperlocalblogger.com. Yeah, that's um, a good one for that. Yeah, uh, and then of course David Mim. But uh, you know, I think uh, one of those two guys is likely to get back to you. Uh, another one would be Mike Blumenthal. He'd probably be a very good person to ask as well. These yeah. are all guys on the cutting edge, and I'm sure have dealt with the same issue. Uh, and they may have a very simple answer we can't think of. So. Um, the next one, uh, question two, we're also going to take, but we're going to take that quickly after a break as well. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka-ching button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka-ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-ching! How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a ka-ching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's K-A-C-H-I-N-G book.com. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to right now. Reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm, with the Internet Marketing Channel, featuring shows like the Joel Com Show, the WordPress Community Podcast, and more. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. LPO, landing page optimization. Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. 
Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with John Carcutt, Director of Organic Search for MediaWiz, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Okay, uh, before the break, we were, we were uh, answering just uh, uh, a couple questions, and we've got one more left, and this looks like a doozy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to go for it? Um, sure. Well, it's addressed to you. Why don't you do it? All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ross, thanks for your question. This is from Dan Schur. And uh, thanks, Dan. I, I, you were very polite about all this, but he had another question. So he says, thanks for yeah. answering my question, especially the part about just keeping it simple and asking if they want their website to do better. And he was and asking was, last time about that. this was from last, last week's show, right? Exactly. Yeah, he wanted to know how to you know, deal with the issues around explaining to people how SEO can be done and, and without sort of scaring them off and that they need it. Anyways, I'm glad we here we uh, helped you with that. Um, he says he's in the process of overhauling a website with about 400 products from static HTML to a database driven catalog, wow, catalog or shopping cart. If you can believe it, every single product page right now is a static HTML page. He says, yikes. So do I. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes is right. (laughs) Anyway, I'm working with the HT access to give the new dynamic page friendly URLs. But the core question is, how would you go about dealing with hundreds of redirects from the old pages, which have been indexed by Google over the last several years? Would you redirect every individual page to the new correlating dynamic page with a 301? Well, <laughs> okay. So for anyone who's listening, may not be familiar with what we're talking about here. Um, if you move your site and the URLs change, so you entirely different uh, landing pages, everything's changed. You have to 301 redirect, which means it's a, a permanent redirect. You're telling Google it's moved. Okay. Um, if they do that, uh, you will not lose as much, if any, um, of the, the correlating uh, in, uh, link popularity you've built on each of those pages. So any rankings, anyone who's linked to you, they'll all ultimately be redirected to the new pages, which is good. In his case, he's got so many, where do you start? And um, my first question would be, uh, and I'm sorry I have to pose a question instead of just answering, but uh, is it possible for you to, I, I forget the name of this, but there's a, th- there's a redirect you can do, which uh, will, you know, if the URLs of the pages are the same, but the directory changes, you can just redirect the whole directory, and that saves you a lot of time as well. So that would be one option. I guess we should assume that that's not the case, and it's every single URL is different, which, whoa, what do you think, John? Well, um, it, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's not impossible at all. And I know it seems like a lot, um, Dan, to you, 400 pages, but really. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with hundreds of thousands sometimes. Yeah. And it, it's, it's really, really manageable, especially in an HD access file. Um, you can do you can do both. You can do your rewritten URLs and your redirects in your HT access file in two different sections. Um, there may actually be a way, though I don't know off the top of my head, to do your redirect and your rewrite in the same piece of code on your HT access file. But I'd have to dig into that. It seems like something that, you would, that logically you'd be able to do, but that doesn't mean it's true. Hmm. Um, but to me, it's it might take you a few hours, but it's worth it in the long run, you know, to maintain that site's integrity in the engines. Um, you build out, you, you build your rewrites in HT access, and then you go ahead and, and, and do your um, redirections in HT access as well. 
Um, and you're doing it the easy way too. If you're going from a dynamic site to another dynamic site or to a static site, then your HTXS re- rewrites get really hairy. Um, but if you're going from HTML to dynamic, there should be one line of code for each redirect. Um, it's just a matter of creating the first one and putting it in a spreadsheet, actually putting your old URLs and your new URLs in a spreadsheet and using the concatenate function of Excel, um, put the different pieces of that one line and then just run that, run that formula across and you can probably build out the whole thing if you have the two lists of, of URLs and maybe, honestly, if you have that list of two URLs, it'd probably take 15 minutes at the most to build out those 400 redirects. Yeah, the trick is connecting the dots between the old and the new and all those. But, uh, you know, it's going to take some time, but it's certainly worth the time. I mean, what yeah. are you going to do without it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no way around it. You've got to do but, that. But uh, do we know if there's a, a simple fix? No. I mean, it's it's always a bit time-consuming. So Yeah, if, if you've got a good programmer, you know a good programmer that can do, um, you know, conditional statements and knows how to code inside of HT Access, there might be a way – to make it simpler, but you're going to get have to get a programmer to dig into it for you for that. Yeah. So I hope we answered your question there. Um, we wanted to uh, jump into a couple of news items. One thing I thought was interesting is uh, just being sort of scouring the news a bit. Um, the report, and this is hearsay to a degree, but it is coming from Kara Swisher, so that's pretty uh, pretty high end. Um, it is that Google may be buying Groupon or trying to. Yeah, I was reading about that today too. Um, so interesting. Yahoo failed at that um, a while back. I think it was earlier in the year. They tried to buy Groupon. They were offering somewhere in the range of between 2 and $3 billion, and Groupon turned them down. So it would be interesting to see if Google does buy it. First, how much they're going to put into it, and two, if the FCC in the U.S. here will let them get away with it. Because people are talking about it being more of that monopoly kind of problem with Google. <laughs> How can Google buy anything anymore? It's just about the only yeah. thing they can buy is technology. They're, otherwise, they get hammer, hammer down. <laughs> exactly. They've gotten too big for their britches, I guess. But well, that's that's it's a rough thing, you know, being number one. <laughs> so what what what's the, what do you think Google would do with Groupon? How do how are they going? I mean, it, it, there's the obvious. I mean, it's making a lot of money, and Google would definitely leverage it. But why do they want it? Oh, How just does it think fit of the in with existing? Yeah, I mean, just think of the pay-per-click potential. It's massive. You go to a page and you see a Groupon for I don't know, like the one we see here a lot. It seems are, are like uh, uh, many petties for the ladies, and my God, there's so many of them. Well, on the side there, you could have just ads where people are trying to target it and say, maybe not fifty, but we've got them for twenty percent off or whatever, you know, and. What, what, I, what I was thinking, if, if, if I was Google, the interesting way to use that site would be to take all those different ads and distribute them like AdSense and actually put, push them out to other people's sites. Hmm. Now, the, the, the trick is – yeah, it, it would be interesting. And yeah, you're right. It would probably work – the financial bit about it is a bit tougher though. Because, I mean, these oh, yeah. people are already giving away a discount. They're probably not going to want to pay for clicks. So is it going to be worth Google's while to do that, using valuable real estate for that? I, I guess I'm thinking of it more along the lines of if I was a publisher, I would I would sign up with a Groupon account, a publisher account, and say I write about um, you know books. And then if there's any kind of 
ads or coupons, so to speak, you know, that tie into my, you know, my market, I want to display those on my site. And just like with AdSense, if someone clicks them, I get, I get a chunk of the revenue. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it would have to be um, sort of comparative, but not completely related. Otherwise you're giving a, giving your money, your, your, your money to the competition pretty much. Um, yeah, that, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. It wouldn't be for like you know anybody who's not currently using AdSense, which is the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, they've got they've got a lot of options. I mean, the advertising potential is massive. Um, Groupon has certainly built the brand. Um, they are the one. There are other ones out there, but I think Groupon. That's the way it's yeah. been since I heard it first off. It just makes more sense. Yeah. It's a neat name. And, and and then of course there's the exact opposite that Google did this week, which was launching boutiques. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with boutiques, it's a e and I can't even say it's an e-commerce. I don't even know how to describe what it is yet. Um, it's, it's a, a website. product aggregator, isn't it? It's, it's a website. <laughs> it's an, it's actually a pretty amazing website too. If you're a web developer, some of the stuff they're doing is fascinating, um, with, especially with the searches you can do on the site. But anyway, what they're doing is it's for women's clothing, shoes, handbags, that kind of stuff. And that's all it is right now, and. It's really a Google's technology to to index this content, display it, let people find what they're looking for. They have all kinds of different ways to search. You can search by color. You can search by the silhouette of the product. Um, it's just really enhanced. And I guess you're right. It's a product aggregator. So what they do is they take all these merchants, they raise their hands, say, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of this. And they have, they have to pay to play, basically. They pay Google to be part of this site. And... As you go to boutiques and you find a product you like, when you click through, it goes to that merchant's site. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like search um, because you know there's no transactions whatsoever happening on the site. There's no, there's not even the advertising on the site. I think the only way they're monetizing it is by charging vendors to be part of it. Um, but it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's amazing. And the, the funniest thing to me about it was I was like, okay, cool. I want to look at this site. I want to see what they're doing. You know, this is Google building a, a, a website, not some tool. I want to see what they do from an optimization standpoint. The first thing I found is all their pages are no index, no follow. They're not indexing the site at all right now. Well, they couldn't get a ranking for it or they get in trap and crap, right? So, Oh, yeah. But I'm watching. I guarantee three or four months from now that those no index, no follow start falling off. <laughs> or they're going to have to find something. They're probably um, – the only other option they have, which would make sense too, is to have boutiques.com linked to from their main menu or, or some – you know, our yeah. sales sites or something like that. But, that would make sense. I can't imagine them putting all this effort into this and launching this like this and then just, just doing women's clothes, shoes, and handbags. You no. know they're going to go into furniture. They're going to go into – all kinds of different market electronics. If they're going to do this once in one market and it works, it's ridiculous for them not to, to, to open it up in other markets. Totally. But I don't think they're going to open it to search engines. Um, it just doesn't make any sense because then they'd be competing with the, own, their, the people who are paying. But, but, but why, why? So, yes, but, but are they really? Because if, if I'm going to get involved in this, I want to know that I'm going to get, if I'm going to pay to have my products put in one of these sites, I want to know that I'm going to get traffic. And if it's not in search and we know that's, you know, a great place for them to get traffic, it does seem to me it's not as effective as possible as it possibly could be. So why am I paying to be in it? It's just going to have to be based on traffic on the site and, you know, Google can do marketing. 
They're just going to have to do it a little yeah. differently. It's going to be interesting. I'm really intrigued by it. I, I, I thought, yeah, what I the hell when I saw it? I'm like, how the heck are they going to do this? Yeah, I am but, too. But, 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 but if you think about it, it's like two complete different business models, Google launch, or so if they, they did not launching, but they, they did the, the boutiques, which is, you know, no revenue stream. It's just another version of search, basically very, very highly targeted search. And then they're talking about buying Groupon, which is totally the opposite. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It's like they don't know what they're doing over there, but they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, we're just pawns. <laughs> yes, Sorry, as long as we can make some money off it. <laughs> well, I, I guess uh, we better tie things up. I know we were, we're just a little bit over as usual. So um, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, Director of Organic Search for MediaWiz, my, uh, uh, we hope you join us next week. My Twitter ID is at Ross Dunn, and John's is? I'm at John Carcutt. Great. And uh, thanks for joining us today on SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Remember, we're, uh, we air every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. We're not going to be on the next week, but uh, we will be back on December 6th. So I hope you have a great couple weeks. And uh, when you get back, we'll have another great show for you. With uh, We're actually going to try and get on a guest, but we'll see if that works out. Yes. By the way, I'm going to be in the keys for Thanksgiving, so don't call me if you decide to do a show. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much, everyone. Have a great Yeah, thanks for listening.